Hey guys, welcome and thanks for tuning in. Um, we're going to continue our study through 1 Corinthians, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Uh, we are picking up at chapter 7. It is a longer chapter, so I'm going to do less commentary, um, more reading, and just let God's Word interpret itself. <clears throat> Beginning in verse 1, it says, Now regarding the question you asked in your letter, Yes, it is good to live a celibate life. But because there is so much sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife, and each woman should have her own husband. The husband should fulfill the wife's sexual needs, and the wife should fulfill the husband's needs. The wife gives authority over her body to her husband, and the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. Do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both are in agreement to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so that you can give yourself more completely to prayer. So I do like how Paul shows the equality of a marriage between a man and a woman. A man, excuse me, um, should treat his wife as the equal partner. Um, afterward, you should come together again so that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I say this as a concession, not as a command. But I wish everyone were single just as I am. But God gives to some the gift of marriage and to others the gift of singleness. So I say to those who aren't married and are widows, it's better to stay unmarried just as I am. But if they can't control themselves, they should go ahead and marry. It's better to marry than to burn with lust. Um, and that's just it, guys. If you're um, you know, struggling with sexual immorality and you are single, um, find you a mate to marry and spend life with. Um, you know, the Bible clearly teaches that that's okay. Um, verse 10, but for those who are married, I have a command... That comes not from me, but this is from the Lord. A wife must not leave her husband. But if she does leave him, she must remain single or else be reconciled to him. And the husband must not leave his wife either. Um, That's pretty countercultural to our society, which says if you don't like what you got, move on to the next. But if you are a Christian, we just heard a command issued by Paul but it's from the Lord. Um, Meaning that if you separate from your husband or wife, you either have to remain single or come back together with them. Verse 12. So resolve your issues, guys, is basically what Paul's saying there. Verse 12. Now I will speak to the rest of you. Though I don't have a direct command from the Lord, if a Christian man has a wife who is not a believer and she is willing to continue to live with him, he must not leave her. And if a Christian woman has a husband who is not a believer and he is willing to continue living with her, she must not leave him either. For the Christian wife brings holiness to her marriage, and the Christian husband brings holiness to his marriage. Otherwise, your children would would not be holy, but now they are holy. But if the husband or wife who isn't a believer insist on leaving, let them go. In such cases, the Christian husband or wife is no longer bound to the other. For God has called you to live in peace. Don't you wives realize that your husband might be saved because of you 
And don't you husbands realize that your wives might be saved because of you? Each of you should continue to live in whatever situation the Lord has placed you in and remain there when God first called you. This is my rule for all the churches. For instance, a man who was circumcised before he became a believer should not try to reverse it. And the man who was uncircumcised when he became a believer should not be circumcised now. For it makes no difference whether or not a man has been circumcised. The important thing is to keep God's commandments. Um, I like that Paul spoke on the commandments there. um, Because that's another thing that you don't hear often. That God's commandments are very important. And you can't keep them on your own. It's only when the Spirit of God is living through your life you're able to observe and obey God's commands. Moving on to verse 20. Yes, each of you should remain as you were when God called you. Are you a slave? Don't let that worry you. But if you get a chance to be free, take it. And remember, if you were a slave when the Lord called you, you are now free in the Lord. And if you were free when the Lord called you, you are now a slave of Christ. I love that scripture that that Paul throws in there. And I could really go on and on about that one because that... You know, it almost sounds like an oxymoron that Paul is saying you are a slave, but yet you are free. How can you be a free slave? Um, But what he's talking about, he's talking about inside your heart. And that's just what Christ does when he comes into your life and, and he gains ownership of your life is that he sets you free. He sets you free inside. So external circumstances do not control um your, your level of satisfaction, your level of life is not measured no longer by what you have, by what you're experiencing. Um, you know, all those things, yes, they still have an impact on you, but they do not control you. Christ has set you free if you are a true believer and you are free indeed, regardless of your situation, your circumstances. Um, that is the thing Christ wants to do in your life is He wants you to realize and come to the place where you live in the freedom he's provided. That's exactly what Christ has done. And that's what he's going to do. He's going to lead you on that journey of of taking you to a place of peace and rest and freedom. That's what it is. It's freedom. And, um, you know, if you look at our country, for example, what the single most thing that is under attack in our country is not any one person. It's not any one thing. It is freedom itself, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is freedom. Without Jesus Christ, there would be absolutely no freedom from the power of sin and control and men's evil desires. So I kind of just wanted to express that point there. But you become a slave to Christ. Christ will enslave your heart. And it's the most beautiful enslavement possible. Um, Verse 23, God paid a high price for you. So don't be enslaved by the world. Each of you, dear brothers and sisters, should remain as you were when God first called you. Now, regarding your question about the young woman who are not yet married, I do not have a command from the Lord, but the Lord in his mercy has given me wisdom that can be trusted, and I'll share it with you. Because of the present crisis, I think it is best to remain as you are. If you have a wife, do not seek to end the marriage. If you do not have a wife, do not seek to get married. But if you do get married, it is not a sin. And if a young woman gets married, it is not a sin. However, those who get married at this time will have troubles. 
and I am trying to spare you of those problems. Um, you know, and, and Paul gives a realistic view of marriage right there. That is definitely true. When you live with someone else, you take on a whole new set of problems. Um, and But I will say on the flip side of that, the reward of marriage is, I personally believe far outweighs being single, but that's just my opinion. So maybe I contradict Paul here a little bit, um, but that's okay because I'm a married man um, and I couldn't imagine life any other way. Um, verse 29, but let me say this, dear brothers and sisters, the time that remains is very short. So from now on, those with wives should not focus only on their marriage. Those who weep or who rejoice, who buy things should not be absorbed by their weeping or their joy of their possessions. Those who use the things of this world should not become attached to them for this world, as we know, it, will soon pass away. Guys, it's very important that we don't put our hopes and trust in what we can see and what we have. Don't make that mistake. You'll get to the end of your life and you'll find out you missed everything that's important um, because you worked, 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 tried to keep up with all this stuff um, and, and built. You, you wanted to live this big, fancy life and portray an image that is has nothing to do with who you truly are deep down inside. So don't get caught up in that mess. That's the wor- That's the life of the world. Um, it measures people by either your position, your your um, material possessions, um, your status, all that stuff. But when you're a Christian, you should become, Christ is going to pull you out of that mess because that life is fake. It's full of deceit, um, dishonesty, um, and it's really just putting a mask on and, and uh, it's not true. So be honest with yourself. That's probably the greatest gift you could give yourself is to be honest with yourself. Uh, Verse 32, I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking of how to please him. But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibility and how to please his wife. His interest is divided. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can now be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and in spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibility and how to please her husband. I am saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. Um, And that is very important thing, distractions, guys. Monitor distractions because what they want to do is pull you away from what really matters. That's what a distraction is. It takes you away from the truth. It takes you away from freedom. It takes you away from what's real. And it will give you a fake, false, watered-down version of what's real, um, which is a lot of things in today's world. It, it uh, Cell phones do it. Video games do it. They distract you from the real thing. Um, and they'll have you, you playing, you know, pretending that you're doing it, but you're, you're really not. You're selling yourself short, so... Monitor your distractions in life and stay focused. Um, Verse 36, but if a man thinks that he's treating his fiance improperly and will inevitably give in to his passion, let him marry her as he wishes. It is not a sin. But if he decided firmly not to marry and there is no urgency and he can control his passion, he does well not to marry. So the person who marries his fiance does well, and the person who doesn't marry her 
does even better. A wife is bound to her husband as long as she lives. If her husband dies, she is free to marry anyone she wishes, but only if he loves the Lord. But in my opinion, it would be better for her to stay single. And I think I am giving you counsel from God's spirit when I say this. Um, all right, that brings chapter 7 to an end. Uh, great, great chapter to get some insight about single, being single, being married. Um, it helps you kind of see uh, some of the warnings, some of the um, gives instruction on some maybe problems you'll face. And um, but what but but there's a couple points that are important with that chapter. It says to remain in the position when God calls you. Um, you know, so God calls you for a reason in the position you're in, um, because he has a plan and a purpose for your life. Um, so I just want to encourage you that, you know, keep your eyes on the Lord, wherever you're at. Uh, Jesus will draw you. Jesus will lead you. And that's what the relationship is all about. That's the personal relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus. He is leading you as your shepherd. Um, so pay close attention, keep your ear open for him and follow him with all of your heart. Oh, thank you guys for tuning in and look forward to continuing through chapter by chapter, verse by verse. God bless you.